Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the Book of Acts, chapter 11, verse 1 through 18, the Book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 1 through 6, the Gospel according to John, chapter 13, verse 31 through 35, and Psalm 148. God grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change. Courage to change the things that we can and the wisdom to know the difference in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue throughout the Easter season to focus on the readings from the book of Acts for our sermons, uh, which is the only thing that could get me to preach about a sheet filled with reptiles and uh, birds of prey and uh, pork and things over Jesus saying, love one another, one of my favorite readings of all time. This reading from uh, the gospel where Jesus tells us to love one another is one of the central things of our identity, reminding us as Christians, of course, that we are born from love, that we are born for love, that love is our reason for being, and the way that we will define ourselves in this world is by how we show that love. But today we're going to talk about Peter having a trance about a sheet while he's sitting on top of a building, which I'm very excited about. This reading from Acts and all of the readings from Acts are these readings that are formative in terms of how the church is being built, how the early church becomes the church. And we have this story that is so fantastical, so ridiculous, that we can just kind of dismiss it if we want to and then move on to other things. So I'm actually really glad that we are are being asked to dwell in this space and think about this story a little longer because its impact on us can be great if only we allow it to be. Peter, who has followed Jesus, Peter, who is a faithful Jew, who is trying to understand what it means to be faithful in the aftermath of his experience of Jesus, is by himself on a rooftop, praying, meditating, just generally trying to figure it out. And he goes into a trance, and while he's in this trance, this sheet comes down from heaven, and on it are some, as it says, some reptiles and some creatures with cloven hooves and some uh, birds, uh, birds and, and, and animals of prey. What we have here are all of the animals or representations of the animals that in Peter's tradition, in his custom, in his faith, he has been told these are unclean animals. And I want to be clear that unclean doesn't just mean that they're, you know, dirty or gross. Unclean is a very specific connotation. These are animals that are not appropriate for nourishment of your body, and they are not appropriate for sacrifices to God. They are not seen as animals that are appropriate to use in an offering to God, to to be in that relationship with God, that relationship that calls to mind the covenant and the the connection, the, the relationship between God and humanity that Israel lives into. This sheet comes down. Peter sees all of these animals that he's supposed to stay away from. And the voice from above, from God, says, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, no, absolutely not. It's, he's like, I mean, it's almost like, oh, I get it. You're testing me. I know this one. I know this one. I don't get to eat those things. I get it. I get it. Three times this happens. And three times Peter says, 
no, 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 come on, not this. I know the rules. And God speaks from above and says, nothing that God has made clean is unclean. And again, we're not talking about God scrubbing something up. You have said these things are not worthy of nourishment. They are not worthy of being presented as a sacrifice. Blessing is not in them. But I am telling you, there is blessing and nourishment and power here too. Don't don't lose sight of that. Don't miss what's right in front of you. That's easy enough for us as Christians and as Gentiles. We often take this reading simply to mean one or two things. Perhaps now we get to eat bacon. Cool. Thanks, God. But we have this issue, by the way. We have this issue as Christians where we treat the the dietary restrictions that are presented before us of God's people, we treat them as trivial, as unthinkable. We diminish the faithfulness of our Israelite ancestors and of people of contemporary society in our our lives now. Many of our Jewish siblings and many siblings from other faiths across the world have very specific dietary restrictions. We have Christian friends who live with specific dietary restrictions where there are certain things they will not eat and not just for health purposes, but for reasons of their understanding of their own faith. And people like me, I'm one of them, I tend to sort of laugh that off and go, well, I can eat whatever I want in my sort of cavalier way that's actually super insensitive. But the reality is, the reality is that this this food restriction, this dietary restriction, and this restriction of which animals are fit for sacrifice is much larger than that, and to Peter's credit, he understands that. For all of Peter's life, for all of Peter's life and the whole life of his father and his grandparents and his great-grandparents, for all the people around him who understand themselves as part of this faith, these creatures are off-limits. You don't eat them, you don't touch them, you don't use them for sacrifice. There is no blessing to be had there. God is now saying those things which you have seen as not filled with blessing, as not fit for nourishment, as not fit for sacrifice in our relationship, those things are in fact absolutely filled with the presence and the power of God. And Peter, to his credit, y'all, we give Peter... A lot, of, a lot of grief, don't we? Like, oh, Peter never gets it. Peter gets it immediately here. He knows this is about food, but it's not just about food. This is about Gentiles for him. People that were not part of the plan. People that were not part of the promise. People in whom he was not able to see God's power, God's presence, God's blessing. Peter grew up being taught, this is where you find blessing. This is where God is present. This is how you live a faithful life. 
And all of a sudden, God himself is saying, I am not limiting myself to these things, to this place, to these people. Immediately upon waking from this trance, Peter is invited to the home of a Gentile family who have heard the word of God, who have heard about Jesus and want to know more. They are about to be all in on this Jesus thing. And the question is, should he go? Should he talk to them? Should he tell them about the message that God has brought to this world through Jesus? And because of this fantastical vision, with this sheet coming down and these funky animals all over it, Peter knows the answer, yes, absolutely, yes. I go and I look for God's blessing in places I had not seen it before. This is not just a story about food. It's also not just a story about how we Gentiles got let in to the whole Jesus blessing reality. This is a story about opening our eyes and being transformed to the places that God is present, to the places where God's blessing is real and powerful, especially when those are places where we have not seen God's blessing before. I said at the beginning that the defining reality of our life together is the commandment of Jesus to love one another as we have been loved. Love is the defining reality of our lives, and every single one of us is capable of loving and being loved, which means every single one of us is capable of bearing God in this world. Now let me ask you, is that true just for us? Just true for the people who are in this room, just true for the people of Redeemer or the Episcopal Church, or even just true for Christians. I think you already know the answer. God has opened our eyes to see the power of love in places we could not have imagined and in people we could not have imagined. And if we are seeing love there, we are seeing God's power and God's presence. Now I want to acknowledge something about this story that might not be right on the surface of it, but it's there deep in the roots of this, of this story. And that this thing that God is saying to Peter and therefore to the rest of the early, of the early church, this thing that he's telling them, that this blessing, that this message, that this salvation, that this love is meant for everyone and not just them. This, this message that he's giving them is difficult to accept. God is changing the rules 
God, understand this. Peter, as I said, has lived his whole life a specific way, understanding God's presence, and that is how he has understood being faithful. And God, by the way, in this story, doesn't say, you've been doing it wrong. Get it together. He says it used to be like that, yes. And now it's like this. And that, friends, is actually harder in some ways. You've been doing it all wrong, as much as we hate to hear that, is somewhat, it's actually kind of comforting. Because we're like, oh, there was a single plan all along, and we, we've just been getting it wrong. And now if we just do a little course correct, we will now be doing it right. That's the way I like to think about life. That's much better. But in fact, God is not saying you were doing it wrong. God is saying you have been faithful. You have understood my presence in a very specific and beautiful way. And that's wonderful. And by the way, things are different now. And now your life is different. And now the world is different. And so now I am commanding, not asking, commanding you to go out into this world in a new and a different way and see my love, my power, my presence, my blessing in ways you never have before. That's scary. We know it's scary. We, we know it's scary. What's been happening to us over the last few years? Change. Some change we brought on ourselves. Some change just happened to us. All of it makes our life uncertain. All of it shakes us up. And you know what comes with change, right? Fear. And I'm not judging us for that. That's normal. When things are different than they were, that's scary. Even if I didn't like the way things were, at least I understood it or pretended that I understood it. Kind of got a feel for it, got used to it. But now things are changing. And I've heard expressions of that fear even here in this church. Why isn't it like it was? And will it ever be like that again? Why aren't we church the way we were two years ago? Why aren't we a country the way we were two years ago, four, six, eight, ten years ago? Why aren't we now what we were before? We know this fear. Imagine the identity crisis for Peter and his crew when all of a sudden they're supposed to let Gentiles into, these, into this family? That's never been the case. Now they're supposed to say that this salvation that is meant for Israel is meant for the whole world? They've never understood that. Imagine the fear in that. Now they're supposed to look at someone they have always seen as they or them, and now they're seeing them as we and us? We belong to each other? Now? That's scary. The beauty of the story is that when Peter follows God 
and goes towards the things that are uncertain, he is not going further away from God. He is going towards the heart of God. God's presence is there. He he tells, Peter tells the Gentiles about Jesus and the Holy Spirit rushes into the room and fills everyone with the power of God and God's blessing is clear and obvious and present in the place where he could not have imagined it. So we might be scared of what's to come. We might be uncertain. We might not be sure. But what I can tell you is as we move forward into uncertainty, if we are willing to look for God's presence and God's blessing, we will see it. My challenge for us, God's challenge for us today, is will we be able to see that blessing in places where we weren't looking for it? If you go back home today, it's a beautiful day, a little warm, but a beautiful day. Maybe you'll sit outside if you get the chance, or you'll have a chance to go up on a rooftop or in a backyard or even in your study, and you'll get to meditate. And maybe you'll go into some kind of trance and some sheet will come down from heaven. If that happens, call me when you wake up. I want to hear all about it. That sheet comes down from heaven. What's on your sheet? What would be present on that sheet that you have seen as not fitting for nourishment, not filled with God's blessing. Who would be on that sheet? God is there too. And our future together is found in the blessing of the uncertain places. That's not always comforting for us, but it is always true of God that if only we will look for God, God will be there. Where we see love, there is God. Where we see and are able to find and locate the blessing and beauty of the person in front of us, we are seeing the power of God. Our challenge as a community in this time of great change is to be honest about our grief of the change, but to be courageous in our willingness to look outside of ourselves and see God at work, see the blessing and the belonging that God is bringing to bear here and now, in Jesus' name.